Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anton Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, did you know that killer whales actually find <laughs> different nutrients from different prey all over the world? Did you know that? It's crazy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think I think that's true of most most predators, though, right? Well, but like they only so with whales, for example, they only eat the tongue, even though like you could, you know, there's a ton of meat and blubber and all that that they could technically go after. uh, But they only eat the tongue there. And like with great white sharks and with sharks in general, they only eat the liver and so on Mm. and so forth. So like they they'll, you know, they'll go after these these high leverage, uh, this this high leverage prey, but then they won't actually use all of the nutrients which actually kind of helps like that's the definition of an apex predator right where they eat just this like tiny little bit of it and then they let the rest of their giant prey kind of sink to the bottom of the ocean or float up top and feed the rest of the ecosystem around them they're actually better than humans is what i'm saying i mean yeah a lot of things are in this planet are better than humans (laughs) i'm in a salty mood tonight (laughs) uh we it's one of those games the lakers lose 109 to 101 and we have a ton to get to we have to talk about this game we have to talk about like where the lakers are going to find a win anytime soon uh we're going to talk about uh, the trade deadline and and the decision to stick uh with the roster that they have and the impact that some of these rumors might have on some of the players there's a ton of of meat on the bone no pun intended given where we started um to, to get to on the show, this was, <laughs> this was a super frustrating game because it was very clear once the Lakers turned it on, like they were, they, they were right there, if not better than Philly. It was in that that's exactly quarter, they, they played them off the court. <laughs> they, they, they were, they were so much better in that little stretch when they wanted to. There's, there are going to be some games during the stretch of which we saw against New Orleans where there's some aspect of the matchup yeah, where it's like, yeah. like you just can't hang on the court, which is what makes games like tonight when like we had a chance to win this game. Mm-hmm. Like there was not some like if Embiid played in this game, uh, even with Mark back. Right. right? Like if, if Embiid played in this game, that that would have uh, collapsed our defense in a similar way. Tonight, it was not defending the three-point line, not chasing Seth Curry and Danny Green off of, and right. The, the turnovers I can live with a little more, but some of them were very careless, right? Mm -hmm. Philly's a really good ball pressure team. They get in passing lanes. We didn't do a good job of countering that, but Philly's exactly the type of team that's going to give a team without their main shot creators issues. So I could live the turnovers were ugly. I could live with that. The three-point defense and our rotations for most of that game were like, that's most of what Danny Green and Seth Curry can do is chase guys <laughs> or is, is shoot threes, like make them attack the basket. And it, I was just super frustrated with our, our effort. And then, like you said, we turned it on toward the end of the game and hopefully that carries through till tomorrow against Cleveland, but we're not good enough to go through that long of a mental lapse. And those mental lapses were happening in the first half as well, defensively. Like we got to be really on point and really focused defensively. And it was nice to see that they did not give up. They did not fold at the end of the third quarter uh, and, and made that run and made it a close game. But you can't have that, like turn it off and on with LeBron and AD out. You just can't. Yeah. The way I would kind of describe it is the Lakers are still operating as if, 
they have the same margin for error as they do with LeBron and when they have AD, right? You can get away with some stuff. And hell, like there are some stretches where they're playing because of the situation with less energy than they would, I would argue, that with than they would with AD and with LeBron because there's the inspiration that comes with the fact that, oh yeah, we're just better than everybody and we're going to play as such. And so like there are, there are some stretches where they accept, it seems like they just kind of accept their fate and you leave a Seth Curry open and you leave a Danny Green open. And, and like, look, the shot that basically ended the game, right? Where Danny Green is in the corner and there's somebody right up on him and he hits just an insane three-pointer that uh, winds up being the dagger in this one. You say like, all right, that's um, that happens. I'm fine with that. You, you closed out. He had to adjust his shot and he just made a really good shot. Uh, now, what I would say is, would he make that shot and would he feel as confident after releasing that shot if he didn't have the, the uh, rhythm that you develop over the course of a game when you get to shoot 13 threes or, or 11 threes or whatever it was and you make eight of them or seven of them before that one. So I, I just, I just, it's super frustrating to, to, to watch this team and know that they're capable of something and then just see them like, just not, not play up to that capability, even if it's a lowered expectation, right? It's the meme. My expectations were low, but holy bleep, right? That's right. <laughs> we're all holding that sign up. Where it's like, we, we know that it was always going to be difficult when the team is designed around having Anthony Davis and when it's designed around having LeBron James, we know it's going to be tough for you guys to maintain anything close to that same level, but to, to, to continue to fall this far short still for effort reasons, that's where I say like, no, nah, man, this is, that's not, that's not all right. I, you, you have to call that shit out. That third quarter was the most upset I've been all season. Right. Yeah. Um, because exactly what you're talking about there is that we can't be, especially in winnable games, right? Like the Pelicans game, that was something where we weren't getting any bigger or stronger throughout right. the game. So while like, look, I would love for the guys to play as hard as they possibly can for all 72 games in a season. But if you're going to mail it in a bit, I understand it in a game like that. This was a winnable game. And yeah. if we focused for 48 on the defensive end or more than we did not have those uh, those big mental lapses that we did, we probably end up winning this game. And that's what's frustrating about it. I also like obviously the players because if it is an effort thing that there this is mostly a player problem but I am pretty frustrated watching I'm 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 pretty sick of watching Frank Vogel coach as if there's these like long-term goals associated with all of this and like you're playing to develop uh you, you to to get a look at all of these combinations and you're not really doing game by game matchups or or circumstantial coaching that's all fine when you have Anthony Davis and you have LeBron and you're, and you're coaching towards a, a, an end goal. But like when I, when I see a team that has so little creativity outside because Marcus Hall is playing on a minutes limit and, and because LeBron is hurt and because of the way the roster is built, when there's so little creativity outside uh, Dennis Schroeder and THT to not have those guys on the court at any point over the course of the game is just like, what are we doing here? <laughs> this is, this isn't, this isn't freaking, 
you know, calculus, the, the fifth semester of calculus that, that takes everybody out of, of being an engineer. This is the, that's, that's nonsensical. And no, you, you know, that going into it and, you know, it's easy to crap on the players because of their effort level. But I also think Frank Vogel, and he's not going to do it because this is just kind of who he is as a coach. But I do, I, I do kind of think, at, given the fact that LeBron is still going to be out for upwards of a month after this, and, and we're still a couple weeks away from Anthony Davis coming back, Vogel kind of has to tweak his approach to this and, and stop, you know, stop with the long-term coaching and in games that the Lakers can actually win, coach for the win. What, what do you see that he's doing that you think is, excuse me, more geared toward long-term? <clears throat> well, I don't even know that it's geared for long-term. I guess it's just like not adjusting to the game that's in front of him. Right. So I, I don't even like that would normally be the excuse that we would offer up or, or not excuse, but explanation uh, that you would offer up where, where, you know, you see something going on that doesn't make much sense. It's a combination that you don't really quite know is out there, but I can understand why Vogel would want to see what it looks like. That's fine. Uh, but I, I just like, I, I don't frankly understand minutes where Schroeder and THT are out there together. And I don't understand minutes where the Lakers are out there without either of them. And mm, one fair. leads to another. I'm I'm more bothered by the minutes without either of them. I think right. that's a good point that we had a stretch where I I actually like having two different guys, especially if Trez is out there because you can have kind of a downhill yeah. attack guy on either side of the court. But I I do tend to agree with your point on uh, not having either guy out there. Yeah, I, I just it's one of the it's it's easy after a game like this to lash out at at, at players, and I I think in some of the stuff you you also be have to be able to to recognize like. Some of this is some, you know, some of the spots that they're put in as well. Like it, the game is is so tough for for THT, and it's so tough for the Lakers when there is no other uh, creativity out there. That that you know there was, I think there was a stretch where Philly didn't score for like five minutes, and the Lakers I think gained like two or three points on them, and it, it was just brutal to watch because you're like, man, if they could the shooting, bro, the shooting is on. so bad. It's just like. <laughs> Just the clanking, the clanking yeah. noises. I wake up in cold sweats. Just, just, yeah. What is it you do? The, there you go. That one. Oh, is that a, yeah. You got it's a different not, mic stand than last time. It's not as, it's not as good as the, yeah. the old one that I had before. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we got to talk about this trade deadline and what the Lakers uh, did or did not do. Uh, we got to talk about the buyout market and what that might look like. So we have a ton to send you into the weekend with. Uh, so let's get to that here in a bit. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today in a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest sto news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Head on over to Bet Online. Use that promo code Locked On for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. 
real-time real updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine be, can also be found at betonline.ag and also the Twitter account bet, at betonline underscore ag. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best place to bet, place all your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to betonline.ag, use that promo code LOCKEDON, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. BetOnline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON. So the trade deadline comes and goes. Uh, there was a whole, there was a lot more noise about the Lakers being in on Kyle Lowry than I thought there was going to be. Um, I always thought that any of those reports were more Masai Ujiri trying to drum up uh, a little extra leverage wherever he could get it and trying to get Tyler Hero in a trade or trying to get an extra pick out of Philly. Um, as it turns out, Masai winds up holding on to Lowry uh, and Lowry will now be a free agent at the end of, of the season. And the framing of the report after the fact is that the Lakers were reluctant to part with THT on top of, of, of Schroeder and on top of KCP. Uh, and look, I, I think there's, there's two sides of this where one side of it is, you're in win now mode because you have LeBron James and uh, THT shouldn't stop you from doing something that would help you win a championship during this window while this window is open because you have LeBron James. So that's, that's one side of the argument. The other side of the coin is, well, they were clearly good enough to win a championship while everybody was healthy. So why not extend that window a little bit by having somebody like, THT on your team still. And also, by the way, if Lowry doesn't work out, that's two rotation players that you just traded for him on top of the future potential that you're sending out the door in THT. So uh, I I guess my where I stand is somewhere in the middle between those things. Like I, I get both sides of it is where I'm at. And so where, if those are the two sides and obviously there's like, there's, there's, you know, it's a spectrum. So there's people who stand one way, maybe not buy it all, all the way into it the other way, maybe not buy all the way into it the other. Uh, but, but where, where are you at? If, if those are the two kind of ends of the spectrum. Yeah. I can't, I can't talk about the specific players course, involved on, yeah. on other teams, of course, but I was very much rooting against this deal that had been, mm -hmm rumored um and a big part of it is that i think it creates more problems than it solves mm -hmm. um even in the short term right like dennis and kcp are our starting backcourt mm -hmm. i know that um i know that kcp has struggled he had a pretty good game tonight that was nice to see him yeah. look like himself that was one that of was the, the most pep in his step we've seen in a little while mm -hmm. yeah and uh and he was there for us in a title run, right? He was a, a big part of that, our third or fourth best player on that team um, in, in during the playoffs. And so that's not nothing, right? A guy that you can count mm -hmm. on in the playoffs or that you that you know can get there, right? We don't know if 
if, if he will again, but we have seen it with our own eyes, right? It's not speculation. KCP can play in the highest levels of the game. Then you have Dennis Schroeder, who's are one of the best point of attack defenders in the game, a big part of our defense. Um, and now he would in perspective deal be, be replaced. Right. But if you were to make the deal that were, that was rumored and involved THT, who are your guards on the team, on the whole team? <laughs> you have, uh, you have Kyle Lowry, obviously, cause that's who you're treated for. You have Alex Caruso mm-hmm. and you have, Whoever gets bought out. Right. And who might well, technically like, it depends if you want to call Wesley Matthews a shooting guard or whatever. Right. Wes is the wing than shooting guard. It's kind of the, th- right. He's more of a wing and you certainly only have one guy who can dribble dribble. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would argue that by trading three of your guards in that perspective deal for one guard in return, that you've not necessarily given yourself a better chance this Mm -hmm. year i think that especially in a year where like what if somebody goes gets injured right like what if someone's down for you've you've really eradicated a lot of your depth guards are usually not all that plentiful on Mm -hmm. the buyout market right like a guy who can really play that tends to be more of the area of bigs and some you know some two-way wings or three and d wings i should say Mm -hmm. um guards are missing one of the three or the d right for sure uh, but guards are not particularly plentiful in those markets. Um, and so I, I think that even before you get to THT's future potential, um, that I, I'm not sure that we're better in, in the short term in that type of. And then when you do add THT uh, to that, like, I, I just think that's too much. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, it's going to be a bumpy couple of weeks for sure, but I, I'm glad that we ended up standing pat if that that's what the what we were proposed with. Yeah, I I'm I I agree with you first and foremost. I think I am more on the side of like they were really good before everybody got hurt, you know. And and to a certain extent, do you say all right? Maybe it was a mistake to tailor this um, roster so much to optimizing those guys and not having enough creativity outside of them given the circumstances under which this uh, season is being played but boy that is playing the the result quite a bit right that that is really uh taking a cheap shot i think at the way that the season is going down i i also would say so this is this is not me reporting anything i'm just kind of piecing together the reports as i saw them but when you look at what all these guys went for, whether it's Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, Victor Oladipo, uh, so on and so forth. Nobody I thought blew me away in terms of what it took to land them. The, the closest one to that was Norm Powell going to Portland and Portland having to give up Gary Trent jr. Like I, I thought I, that was the closest one to where I thought, huh, I, that was maybe more than I would give up for uh, that player if I, if I were Portland, especially given their needs. Like I didn't, I didn't really understand it. That's not the player. That's not the kind of player that they need. But anyway, uh, I thought that this being a seller's market, that we would see a lot more impressive returns for some of the guys that were, that were being traded. And I kind of wonder if uh, Masai saw the way that some of these negotiations were going and, you know, he walked away for a reason. Like you're talking about three, I thought, I thought uh, 
at Gotham coach on, 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 on Twitter, put it really well, where he said, you're talking about three cold MFers when it comes to the business of basketball, right? You're talking about Masai Ujiri, who is probably the best GM in, in the sport right now. You have Rob Polinka, who is, who, who has made a case for himself in that regard and has quite the business background given his work as an agent. And you have Pat Riley, who is one of the best agents of all time. And they're, they're, they're that gift, right. Of, of, uh, in the office where they're all standing there with stand their finger. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. The, the Mexican standoff where they're all standing there with their finger guns at each other. And they, none of them blinked, not a single one of them blinked. And they went into the trade deadline. They, they, they uh, understood where the, they had their lines in the stand and they, in the, in their stand and they decided not to cross that line. And, and I think for, the Lakers, like the, there's the, there's the future aspect of it. Like you're talking about, like we've talked about with THT, but there's also the immediate and practical element of the necessity. If like you can make a real argument that THT is better than any of the guards that might get bought out, uh, come, come, uh, the next couple of weeks or so. And, and I, I would probably agree, by the way, that I, I think right now where he stands, he's better than most of the guards that are going to be bought out uh, unless we get a real surprise out there. Like there was a report that the Rockets aren't going to buy out John Wall. I go, all right, if John Wall isn't available, I think THT is going to be better than everybody else that, that, that potentially gets bought out at that position. And so to, to just kind of combine all the reports, the first one that we got in the morning was Brian Windhorst saying that the Raptors were frustrated with the offers that had come in thus far. And, oh, hey, there's the Lakers. How about that? You know, and everybody who has been covering the sport at all knows that agents, executives, players, coaches, they, whatever it is, the, 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 the most uh, assured way to get your angle out there is to attach it to the Lakers in some way. So if you're saying, if you're a player who is negotiating against some other team and the Lakers have just a little bit of cap space, you make sure to have your agent leak to every reporter out there. Hey, by the way, the Lakers have some money out there and they might be interested or they are interested or whatever. Yeah, tail as old as the NBA, basically. Right, right. This is a look. I'm not, I'm not, I've never worked at ESPN. I'm not going to put words in, in any of their reporters mouths, but I would imagine that ESPN's uh, less jur journalistically inclined editors or executives are there saying, Hey, if you can ever get the Lakers at all attached to any of your rumors, that would be great. I would really appreciate it. Right. And so, so that's one element of this. And, and that's why I thought to myself that uh, uh, it was, it was uh, really interesting and noteworthy that the first report that we got this morning was the Raptors aren't happy with the reports. Here's the Lakers. And then from there on out, we didn't really hear much. Like we, 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 we didn't hear hardly anything. We heard a lot on the peripheries that we kind of connected to the potential negotiations, right? Uh, Philly trading for um, Philly trading for who was it? George Hill was something that everybody said, okay, so that takes him out of the Lowry sweepstakes. Uh, Miami making their trade or whatever. And it was the same thing. Uh, hey, this is something that uh, 
might potentially affect any negotiation with Toronto. And, and so there was, there was a lot of lines that were being connected on our part, but in terms of new actual information from the Lakers or potentially from the Lakers, there was nothing. And that's kind of how Polinka has always said he was going to operate. He, the Lakers are not going to leak very much on this stuff and, and kudos for them for not. And, and so, you know, a lot of the hope that was stirred up over the course of the day leading up to the deadline itself was, I think, us attaching our interest in this new toy more than it was actual information that pointed to the Lakers really being super involved or super, uh, I guess, sold on the idea of this player or any player for that matter. Yeah, it's it's really easy to get caught up in the trade deadline, and honestly, it was this was fun, right? It was like fun. it was it was, it was, and with the way the league yeah, has one been of this year, viral with, tweets in a while today. It was yeah. great. Oh, very nice, very yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was fun, but I think we can can kind of get zoomed a little too far in or have our face pressed up against the glass. Where I I, I think you're absolutely on track that that all along, like of course you test you you make phone calls, you mm-hmm. listen to. Anybody except LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like those are the reports that kill me, by the way. Like the Lakers are accepting phone calls on <laughs> blank player. Like, of course they are. Right. Like you think they accepted a call on you? Like, do you think <laughs> <laughs> will be Raptors film room? No, they got some good people in the, in the Raptors uh, media sphere. They They're one of the yeah. better, better teams in the league from that perspective. Uh, yeah, man. So it's stuff like that where I'm like, Oh Lord. And, that's the other part of it too, right? Is what you were saying with the media. And it, this is some of the highest clicked. I got a ton of followers today for no Me reason. Too. I didn't tweet anything, right? Yeah. Uh, well, because did, people yeah. are, are super interested in NBA news on days like this more than any other time. And the media knows that and they're going to play into that. Mm-hmm. And, but if you zoom out just a little bit, we have a really good team. Sure doesn't feel that way right now. But we have a really good team that unless, unless there was like an obvious win, on the table, like an mm-hmm. obvious, you do this trade or you'd be dumb not to. Kenny in a second for uh, Ellington, which you don't have to comment on, uh, but still, yeah. <laughs> right. Just obvious wins, go for it. But if not, stay the course, you know, uh, endure this bumpy ride for a couple weeks and we're going to be okay. It's like I said, look, I, I would be kind of a hypocrite if I didn't say this. I said that had the Lakers made a major move it might indicate that uh lebron's injury is your typical high ankle sprain or that the lakers aren't necessarily comfortable with where anthony davis is and they feel like they need somebody who can better carry the load right now uh while those guys are out right and the fact that they didn't do that therefore to follow my own uh path of analysis might indicate that those things aren't true that Anthony Davis might be coming back sooner rather than later that, that, that LeBron James is in fact a cyborg and might miss maybe a couple weeks less than a normal human being when it comes to this injury. And, and so like, there's even, even while it, you know, it kind of sucks to miss out on the shiny new toy, even though the, the quote unquote shiny new toy is a 35 year old point guard. Who's looking for an extension after you sign him or after you trade for him. But even though you don't get the shiny new toy, and even after you get a kick in the balls like this game was, the fact of the matter is still that the Lakers, when healthy, 
are not only the best team in the NBA, but know they are. And and know that they aren't far from getting better on the buyout market as well. And we're going to talk about that here in a bit. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, NBA, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKEDON, and you will save 20% off your next order. Not your first, your next. So however often you go to the website and you make a purchase, use that promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to save 20% off. And you're saving 20% off on an incredible product. We've been working with these guys forever now. And it is a the kind of thing, the kind of partnership you're really proud of, not just because of the ability that we've been able to work together, but also because of how great the product itself is and how easy it is to sell. I've told my family about it, close friends back home, uh, friends that I've made out here. I personally use it almost every day, basically. I, I would probably say I'm closer to every day than anything else, any other way you could describe this thing. It's great for me because I'm always on the go always have some errand to run or something to write or something like that. Avery got into some kind of trash or something, so I have to clean up and don't have enough time to uh, eat a full meal. Built Bar is, is has been great with that. I've lost weight since we've started working with them because it's a super healthy bar. Great flavors, great textures, just an all-around fantastic product. So one more time, head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code locked on to save 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, the best protein bar you'll ever eat. Man, I love when the segment comes together. It's like nothing better to me. <laughs> All right, so uh, the, the reports are kind of coming out now that uh, various free agents are going to listen to various teams, right? So uh, Chris Haynes is now reporting uh, Yahoo sources. Andre Drummond will listen to pitches from the New York Knicks, Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, Boston Celtics, and Charlotte Hornets. Uh, There was a similar report, I believe, about LaMarcus Aldridge. I just got to find it. Yeah, so... Uh, also from Haynes, Yahoo Sources, LaMarcus Aldridge will have conversations with the Miami Heat, Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, and Brooklyn Nets before deciding on his next destination. Uh, there's a lot of posturing, I think, to to make it look like there isn't just blatant tampering, <laughs> right? So I, I think that's an, <laughs> that's, a, that's an element that we have going on here as well, that you got you to gotta make it look like everybody's doing their due diligence and talking to all these various teams because... It just like it did with Kemba looks a little fishy when right after the free agency window opens, you have a brand spanking new multi-year hundred plus million dollar contract all lined up for the guy. It was the weirdest thing how that all came together. Uh, They operated (laughs) very quickly. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Email is, is just really efficient. You know, it works out. Uh, But I'm I'm kind of curious. Both these guys are free agents, I believe, or are on the verge of becoming free agents. Are you allowed to talk about both guys? We don't have to. We don't. 
I let's not let's not push it. Let's not nobody push is it. nobody is off of a team so far yeah, as I'm a good aware. Point. All right. right, like it's got to be like official paperwork type stuff. Yeah, it's got to come I'm with sorry. like a, there has to be like a thank you tweet, right? Yeah, I'm Once sorry. A, no, 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 we're good. We're good. So I gotta I so let's put it this way. Uh, the Lakers right now clearly have a need for creativity. They clearly also have a need for size. And then you always need wing depth. Where would you rank those priorities, given the fact that the Lakers have two roster spots? Oof. I think we need a wing more than we need a big. I know that that may sound... Now, the one thing that might change my mind is, um, you know, Mark just came out of health and safety protocols. Will he be able to play at that fast pace? You know what? I'll take that back. I'll go mm-hmm. with the big. And the reason why is this seems like a hundred years ago, even though LeBron only got hurt on Saturday, it's been less than a week. <laughs> that was what I was laughing on Twitter today. <laughs> Bro, we'd won four in a row. We were figuring out how to play without AD. And part of that was um, we made a, a, a pretty big shift in our offense at uh, at the All-Star break. Again, this is predicated around LeBron. So like this right now, there's only little flickers of this. Right? But um, we went to more ball screens, which we are using quite a bit. And you see a lot of Trez pick and roll during this time because it's one of the main weapons that we have, but we were doing that uh, in that four game winning streak right after the break as well. And I think that there was a conscious decision made to go more toward that. And it fits a lot of our talent, but not really Mark. Right. And so if you, if this is an if here, but if the Lakers said, Hey, you know what? We need to run more pick and rolls, more ball screens. And then said, yeah, but that doesn't really fit Mark. Mark's more of a stand at the top of the three-point mm-hmm. line or elbow player, right, and facilitate. Like, Mark's got his talents, but he's not a pick-and-roll guy, really. Um, if you switch to that style of play, having another pick-and-roll big becomes more important. So I talked myself out of it there. But, yeah, I, that's, I, I do think that there's that. Then, then on the wing, like a 3-and-D type of guy, um, there are a couple names that have been rumored to, like, maybe be bought out that I'm like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I'd be interested in that player. Um, But, and, and then, uh, and then you go into the backcourt after that. Man, I'm with you. Yeah. Is that your order too? I would start, I would start with a big uh, just because like, actually while we're, while we're, while we're recording this, Marcus Hall confirms, this is from uh, various reporters. Um, Marcus Hall confirms he had COVID-19. This is from Jovan Buha. Uh, it, he said, quote, it got him pretty good for five to six days, said uh, the headaches and difficulty breathing were the two worst symptoms. It's serious, Gasol said. It's nothing to play around with. It's something very serious. Um, so, so like, look, anybody that I've spoken to have had it, there's obviously a scale to this. It, it seems like it, it, it really sucked while they had it. But um, I'm... I'm nervous about what that might do to Gasol's uh, legs, right? Those guys who say that they had it and it really affected them uh, don't, they, they, they are the ones, especially bigger guys who sometimes have just, you know, just kind of off the top of the head 
anecdotally speaking, it's felt like those bigger guys who, who talk about the, the tougher time that they had with it, they take a little bit longer to recover. So it only makes more sense at that point to find somebody to, to, to at least fill that spot while he recovers. And then also I think there's value given some of the matchups that the Lakers might have in the postseason to have a person the size of Andre Drummond, right? Or, 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 you know, you, you don't have to comment, but, but like the Lakers are probably going to face at least one of Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, or uh, maybe Zubats, right? So of, of all of the three teams that they're going to be seeing potentially in that, in that, you know, top tier second round of the playoff kind of uh, spot and on, you're talking about teams that have bigs with that kind of size. And I do think while Gasol is going to, you know, face some of those guys, it's good to have somebody else just in case Gasol gets into quick foul trouble, uh, just in case it's a, it's a bad matchup or whatever it is. It's nice to have somebody extra. If you have a spot for that person on the team, it's good to have somebody like that. I, I think that's an excellent argument. I, if I can uh, chime in real quick mm-hmm. with something I can talk about, I love the Aaron Gordon trade to, for Denver. Yeah. I thought that was a fan. He's a fantastic fit there. Um, he's a guy that I've thought, we, it's not like we talk a ton of Orlando magic basketball, but he's the guy that I've had for the last couple of years as somebody who's the most miscast guy in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, coming from him like he thinks he's a three or a perimeter player but like if he embraces setting screens and diving to the basket yes. and letting Jokic like pick teams apart man it like he could be a monster for that team and when that game where AD went down um before AD went down we ran a lot of our ball screen stuff and I was watching I was like they can't hang with our athleticism they just don't yeah. have the athletes in the front mm-hmm. court with Jokic and Millsap it's just one of those things that, like really good team just bad matchup for them especially with Jeremy Grant leaving uh Gordon addresses part of that I don't know if it gets all the way but um if he embraces his role and and I could see that clicking very well I mean you have it's a very simple formula that the Lakers happen to have too you have great creators give me some finishers and Gordon is one of the best finishers at his position in the league. Yeah. Basketball is not terribly complicated. (laughs) I mean, please continue to tune in so that we can continue to try to explain it to you, but, but all of that now, and then, and then from there, so wing defense to me is, is very important because again, because of the teams that the Lakers are going to be going up against, right. Whether it's uh, whether it's the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George whether it's uh, the Nuggets now with Aaron Gordon, right, and 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 some of the new size with Michael Porter Jr. also already there, uh, they have some size on the wing now that would give the Lakers some issues. And then uh, you know Utah isn't isn't built in the same way, so I wouldn't be too nervous about the lack of wing size and depth that the Lakers don't have right now against those guys. But still, you know, not ideal. And, and so I I would, I would probably go wing depth ahead of a point guard who can dribble right now, just because like, I think it's more likely you use for one thing, because of the caliber of player that's going to be on the market, a three and D wing is typically better on average than like a point guard who's available on the buyout market. Um, And then on top of that, I think it's more likely you, you wind up using the three and D wing than it is you pl- you you play your like fourth or fifth guard in the postseason as well, so it's I, I just 
I just don't think the 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 bottom of the playoff picture in the Western Conference is so great that you need to go out there and pick up somebody for this circumstance right now. No, it's just it was a confluence of events that are really difficult, right? Like this team is built around obviously those two guys, but and it's going to be bumpy and it's going to feel like crap during this ride. Games against Cleveland, like tomorrow night, mm-hmm. got to win games like that, man. Like to. we got to, it's got to be a full 48 because we're not going to have a chance to steal every game that, that we play in, but those, the chances that we do, we really got to take them. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for this episode and this week's episode of the locked on Lakers podcast. Uh, oh, today, by the time you guys are listening to this, this afternoon, I'm going to be hopping on Locker Room. So make sure you guys are tuned in for that. Uh, you can download the Locker Room app wherever you get your apps on the uh, on the iPhone, at the iPhone uh, app store. And you can find me on there at Anthony Irwin LA. It was a really fun conversation last time. It was a, it was a really good time there getting to bring people on. It's a really cool app where I basically get to play talk show radio hosts and I get to bring on callers and all of that stuff. So if you guys uh, enjoy that atmosphere, oh, that's awesome. great for that. Yeah, it's really, really fun. Uh, so, so you guys can, can tune in for that. Um, until next week, get your questions in on iTunes. Have a great rest of your weekend and make somebody else. We'll talk to you on Monday or tomorrow or in a few hours.